I'm Jennifer Isabella. And I'm Keith Johnston. Your co-host for Forrester's podcast, What It Means, where we explore the latest market dynamics impacting executives and their customers. Today, we're joined by VP and Senior Research Director, Fred Jerome, and VP Principal Analyst, Ted Shadler, to discuss the technology leader's role in powering growth. Welcome both. Great to be here. Thank you. Guys, welcome. Uh, Today, we're going to talk about the CIO's role in the growth agenda. Um, And the premise behind this research is that technology leaders, certainly coming out of the last couple of years, are more important and have a more clearly defined role in driving growth. Um, And we see in our research that the most customer-obsessed organizations, it's even more critical. So to get this going on, Where were IT leaders or technology leaders historically placed versus where you believe they are now, Uh, i.e. we used to talk about them as, you know, just IT or back office. What is changing? You know, the the role of technology continues to percolate through business. It started out in a very back office-y thing. And so the CIO made sure that the technology worked and could support, initially it was finance, you may recall, uh, and that it became and back office type functionality overall. So there's a legacy of kind of an operational role, but over time, this software and technologies reached out farther and farther into, into products, into customer engagement, and obviously digital, you try over that. Uh, the technology organization either could play in, in the game and be part of thinking about technology for growth, or they could not and let business people bring their own technology expertise in, and both happened. Uh, so what's happened over the last few years is there's been a an agreement essentially that when it comes to growth that the CIO has not necessarily been uh, rewarded for diverting resources to do it, whereas business investment in technology for growth has been amping up. So it's about a third of the spend on tech is out in business. What we're learned in this research is quite a different story though, where CIOs of a certain type are reaching out, stepping up, and playing a critical role in driving growth. Ted, you had mentioned technology leaders of a certain type. What is that type that we're pointing to here? Yeah, so certainly a a lot more business skills. I mean, it's kind of shocking, really, the difference in approaches that that CIOs of different, you know, histories and legacies and care abouts, uh, you know, bring to it. Some folks are like, yeah, my job is to make sure things are run smoothly and very efficiently in my um, bottom line focus. And other CIOs have more of a CTO, customer impact, you know, business orientation. Maybe they went to business school. Maybe they came from the business and were asked to get into technology as a, as a leader. And so you can almost um, draw a line between uh, technology leaders that are customer-focused and growth-focused and, and those that are, are not. And we think that line needs to move way, way down all the way to the bottom of the, of the list, if you like, so that every technology leader has a perspective on how to enable and create and uh, amplify growth. And so really those are quite different things that I know we're gonna break down and explore, but uh, that does require a skill set change. There's a lot of customer prioritization. There's a lot of ability to work in complex organizations. So it's a much more executive role. I think there's a, a there's also a dimension of, of maturity, right? When we think about um, technology strategy and how companies you know, our position on this spectrum of maturity from 
the more traditional companies, modern, and and then what we call future fit, meaning that organizations that are developing a technology strategy that need that is enabling customer obsession. Um, you, you can also categorize these uh, technology leaders, CIOs, CTOs, on on the spectrum, right? So from a traditional perspective, these tend to be uh, technology leaders that that are that can be aligned to the business, right? But tend to be more order takers, right? So they are going through a set of requirements that are going from uh, that are coming from from the business stakeholders. As you um, focus on on or try to understand how they are prioritizing these uh, initiatives, it's mostly based on cost, right? And and the efficiency. So how to do more with less, and how to do uh, things right. Right, so efficiency. But as you move um, across the spectrum towards more you know, higher level of maturity, modern and future fit, there's an interesting shift that is happening where the, the decision makers, the technology leaders and CTOs are starting to shift the way they are prioritizing their technology initiatives, investments and operations by looking at how effective these decisions are, right? Meaning how these investments are going to deliver outcomes, be it in terms of business outcomes, revenue growth, profitability improvements, or customer outcomes as well, right? So I think that's a, another way to think about these types of CIOs and, and CTOs based on, on the maturity of their technology strategy. You know, and, and Fred, the interesting thing we found in the research and, and consistently find and speaking with our CIO clients and others, is it doesn't really matter which sector you're in, there is this spectrum of maturity and a kind of focus and prioritization around customers and expressing what the company does in a way that actually serves the customer's needs based on who you are, your sector, your your unique place in the market. So it's not a B2B, B2C split at all. It is absolutely within every single industry uh, you have this spectrum of, of of commitment or different priorities, different focus. Just to build on that, if you, if you just look at some of the, the activities that I'm seeing in, in Asia-Pacific, the, the lines in between B2B and B2C are starting to blur also, right? Where you have a lot of organizations that are coming from a B2B you know, business models that are trying also to build these new business models, B2B2C where they're using technology to get closer to the end consumer, to the end customer as well, right? And that's, in that business model transformation, the CIO has a, has a very strategic role to play. I'm glad you pointed that out, Fred, um, because, I mean, what you're talking about is even in the B2B case, you're trying to get much closer to an individual within that company, right? You're selling to, you're selling to a human at the end of the day. But we do write uh, specifically to B2C and B2B because our clients ask us to. Is there a nuance to how tech leaders behave in trying to drive that alignment? So, yeah, I, I think there is. Um, you know, to start, Fred, but, but in, in, in the B2B realm, you think about uh, a traditional selling model. There's There's product that you're selling. There's marketing to reach the right people. There's there's the selling motion itself, which is often a combination of inside, outside, and and digital selling. And so you've got these three groups uh, increasingly aware that they, if they work together, if they're aligned, they're going to create a much much higher uh, impact together than 
and separate. The same is true in in, in B2C, but in B2B, the role of technology is very uh, often um, an enabler as opposed to historically been the product itself. That's changing. In B2B, digital has now become a driver of the expansion of the customer uh, engagement. So if you think about, for example, in manufacturing, you're not just selling products anymore. You're selling the services around those products, whether it's fulfillment or advice or architecting solutions or uh, referrals to uh, installers. There's a much bigger portfolio of digital services that cuts across a traditional B2B kind of manufacturer model where the role of tech is 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 amped up. And um, that makes it a very, very interesting need to align the technology organization along with those those three B2B folks. The same is true in B2C. Yeah, but I, I admittedly in you know consumer businesses is where I've been my entire career is that some of these tech budgets start moving off to other functional areas or departments or business units, right? It's probably a lot more fragmented in, in B2C. Um, so maybe say some more about that because I think you, I remember one of your quotes in your research when you talked about, it's like, I'm, I'm happy that other people are deploying technology, but eventually it does become my problem. Yeah, I mean, I, one of the CIO quotes I love is that, Turns out I own customer experience because eventually everything that somebody invests in winds up in my lap. I love it. <laughs> so, um, just practically speaking, this is maybe a data point that's helpful. Is you have to set like a threshold of responsibility when it comes to tech. And so, one um, retailer actually we spoke with has about a ten million dollar threshold. So, when the spend on the core platform to um, engage customers to enable, for example, uh, e-commerce. Uh, if it's under 10 million, well, that can stay out in the business and IT can support. This this retailer has decided that when a budget hits a certain threshold, that the budget reverts to IT. So they've always collaborated, but um, in order to sort of get the most value and the most effectiveness out of that technology, they've actually have an agreement that they've established. That's an example of a CIO who is right there with the growth agenda, bringing technology to everything it can possibly be. I, I wanted to take, um, uh, if I may, take a counterexample of, of a company that is not doing that, right? So not enabling uh, uh, the growth. Um, this, is, this is a large UTAT company here in Southeast Asia. Um, like many organizations, they have witnessed a dramatic increase of the utilization of their mobile apps during COVID. Right, because you know people couldn't go anywhere, so um, they're starting using mobile app to pay their electricity bills, uh, for instance. After the lockdown disappeared, uh, what they saw though is that uh, the number of transactions on the mobile app started to decrease, and the customers went back to the brick and mortar customer service centers to pay their bills. Why? because they wanted to have this human interaction with the clerk and by handing over the cash to pay the electricity bill, they were sure that it has been recorded in you know, whatever ledger and that the electricity company would not cut access to electricity, right? would not cut the electricity connection. And the reason uh, for that particular 
um, behaviors is that they could not get reassurance from the mobile app that the transaction had been actually recorded. And that's because the systems on the back end, so the billing system and the payment systems, were still operating as legacy under batch processes, enable of you know sending confirmation in real time that the payment had been had been processed, right? And so, in essence, the fact that the the technology organization is not capable of modernizing these systems to enable digital experiences that create trust, that basically you know forces the customers to go back to brick and mortar customer service in order to get um, you know the job done. That is such a great example of the first major contribution that that tech and that IT makes to growth, which is enabling growth by making sure the customer solutions, which means the self-service solutions like the mobile app and the employee empowering solutions, the things that employees use when talking to customers, work, work well, are adopted, have great uh, experiences associated with them. That is an IT centric responsibility to enable growth, to make sure they are always up, that they work really well, that people know how to use them because they're well-designed. We've had human centricity applied to the experience design and the journey. Uh, that kind of enable growth is just a, such a critical starting point to even be present in the conversation about growth. And Ted, that's only one of the growth vectors that's at the heart of your research. What are the other two? Yeah, so Fred and I spent a lot of time piecing this together. We talked to a ton of CIOs. We talked to a lot of people out there that are thinking about the role of tech and growth. And we did identify three main ways in which the technology organizations, CIOs, CTOs, other technology leaders... Uh, drive and participate in growth. The first one is enable growth and it's table stakes. If IT is not doing that well, that's the place to start because it means making sure the rest of the company can uh, drive growth. And so uh, there's a big empowerment and a trust angle that, that that's created there. Uh, the second, and this does vary a little bit by sector and by uh, maturity, is to create growth. In general, IT and, and CIOs as tech leaders collaborate to create growth. They don't own product development. They don't own customer engagement. Those are not their core responsibilities, but they bring developers, they bring partners, they bring cloud resources, they bring security responsibilities. And so they collaborate with product owners, marketing professionals, uh, digital in order to create growth. And the last one, which I'll, I know we'll want to spend some time on in a bit, is amplify growth. And amplify growth means to optimize everywhere. Now, how do you optimize? Well, there's two main ways. One is through insights, and artificial intelligence is plan to kick and roll there right now. Uh, and the other is automation. And again, software and now artificial intelligence is plan to massive kicker role there as well. So uh, that's the, the third way. And that's what's uniquely IT enabled. Because of this span of visibility into all of the systems, 
that have to come together to optimize a business outcome or an experience. So Ted, you just hit on, you know, the function, the leader, their teams, how they participate in each of these vectors, but let's get to the the technologies that uh, play a role within each of these vectors. And obviously you hit on a couple um, in your last response, but let's start with enable growth and then go through. Yeah, sure. So there's a very, very long list of, of technologies, of course, and anybody in the in the technology organization or just thinks tech has, I'm sure got a list in their, in their head as well. I, it's convenient to think about them um, as a little bit of a, of, a, of a layer cake as you like. And so in the enable growth, there's a tremendous amount of foundational capability. So think about cloud, think about your core SaaS business applications, um, think about the underlying security uh, implementations and uh, the ability to um, deploy new functionality quickly. So um, uh, DevOps or DevSecOps is an example uh, here. Those are all enable growth technologies. And there's a, there's a lot of them that are foundational, that are kind of core. Um, maybe for create growth, and Fred, I'll, I'll, I'll invite you to jump in too. Um, there's actually a, a, a tremendous um, set of new capabilities as well as existing capabilities. And so when you think about um, software development, agile, uh, is the way to go. And so there's a lot of tooling to support Agile. There's also a lot of emerging technologies that you can use to to create growth. And if I don't know if you want to comment on any of those. Yeah, I, you know, I, I might take a, uh, an example. Uh, and I think it, it it's quite, quite nice because it pieces together some of the dimensions that we have talked about in terms of trust, uh, in terms of shared accountability, right? So how do the CIO works very closely with other functions uh, within the organization. So this is this is a an insurance uh, carrier, uh, health insurer in uh, in Asia Pacific, was reached at level of maturity where they have developed the capabilities that that you're talking about, Ted. Right in terms of agile development, they are using cloud. Uh, they have a, a very strong insight-driven business capability as well. And, and they are using uh, these capabilities and the underlying technologies to create new growth in adjacent market, right? So shifting from being um, an healthcare payer uh, to becoming an healthcare provider, right? So they, they acquire uh, you know, healthcare providers as well, and they are basically reusing uh, the capabilities that they have, they have built as, a, as an healthcare payer uh, in order to transform and to create net new market value in in this adjacent um, area, so I think it's a it's a really good uh, story around you know a technology organization that is helping create growth. You know, and there's a lot of API and API management that's part of that. You've got to surface the core legacy or or existing systems in ways that it address new market opportunities to create growth. And that's a very, very important way in which IT does, does support. They're also back to this example of layering on services on top of existing products. There's a lot of emerging tech uh, opportunities that come from that. Uh, think about um, uh, in agriculture, for example. So if you have farm equipment, this is um, I'm not going to mention that the brand, but you probably know it. And they are using, for example, computer vision and sensors 
uh, to be able to adjust the amount of water or fertilizer or seed that they put down in microplots uh, at the microplot level in order to optimize the yield. That is a tremendous use of edge and IoT technology, and, and in the case of computer vision, AI, uh, to create services on top of an existing uh, business line. So the create growth, there's a lot of potential to monitor and show how an emerging technology creates growth opportunities. So it's not innovation just to experiment, because blockchain sounds cool. It would be using blockchain and showing how it would work to overlay an existing supplier relationship to improve assurances. So in other words, it's in the context of a business growth agenda. And so when you're thinking about the CIO's role or IT's role, they can bring that perspective of how technology can change things when applied in a certain way. And that's the, that's really a create growth technology story, I think. Uh, the last one, and I know we're going long here, is uh, is Amplify Growth. And as I said before, I believe Amplify Growth is is both automation, that is uh, using end-to-end -end processes that are, that are using software as opposed to people, and then importantly, um, insights and and artificial intelligence. So a lot of the the new capabilities um, that are coming through AI are actually going to show up in amplifying growth. As an example, if you want to optimize customer engagement, one very important way to do that is to understand at the micro segment or even sometimes down at the individual level what somebody needs from you or wants from you, and you can personalize that experience in an important and material way. But that might mean you need 10,000 variations on an email outreach or even a piece of, of video or, or image content. Well, that's kind of hard to do with people. <laughs> but with AI, it turns out to be pretty easy. And so scaling personalization by using code gen, content gen, word gen, generative AI, turns out to be a tremendous opportunity to deepen engagement deepen, improve the experience and improve things like customer retention and conversion. So there's a lot of places where IT has the juice and I think has the responsibility to figure out how to apply the technology at scale to solve the opportunities for growth. I'll, I'll one quick example here. Um, this is a, a, a bank. And they have something like 170 optimization models they built with machine learning. And they apply those in some very simple scenarios. For example, if somebody walks into a bank branch, how does the frontline employee know how to help them? Well, it turns out that they've got so much data that they're able to turn all that insight into advice. And that advice empowers that frontline employee to be expert in the context of the customer. So they can bring all of the machinery of the bank to bear to help answer the questions that that single customer has. That kind of use of AI is behind the scenes. No, the employee doesn't know it's AI necessarily, but the insights that are generated through that analytics, through that machine learning, empowers that employee to have a more productive and effective conversation with that customer. That's about amplifying growth because it makes that customer more likely to be a happy customer and to do more business with you. There are thousands of places where companies can apply this. 
And so amplifying growth, I think, is the untapped, evergreen, it will always be available to optimize opportunity for, for IT and for CIO, CTOs to step up and go, hey, we can help with this. Here's how. I agree. I, I think the, um, you know, so all the technologies that you mentioned in terms of automation, artificial intelligence, data management, all of that is absolutely, um, you know, interesting and necessary to to amplify growth. There's one example that I wanted to mention because I, I think it also captures some of the, the mindset shift that needs to happen in order to be able to apply these emerging technologies as a purpose of amplifying growth. This is a AS Watson, you know, was one of the largest retailers of health and beauty products in Asia Pacific. They actually won the Enterprise Architecture Award, the Forrester Enterprise Architecture Award 2022. So we have a great case study about their story. But, you know, one of the things that it changed uh, from a delivery, from an IT delivery perspective, so yes, they are using artificial intelligence to connect the brick and mortar to the e-commerce platforms and try to create this seamless end-to-end customer experience for their for their uh, customers. Uh, but they also changed a number of, um, you know, the, the way, for instance, they are linking the IT deliveries with business KPIs, right? So the the average basket value, the conversion conversion rates, you know, the percentage of orders that are going through perfectly without any error, because that entails the IT team charter to change from just a business enabler to a strategic business driver, right? And and IT IT's role is changing, right? Because they are laser focused on delivering on these business metrics not you know the traditional efficiency uh, based it metrics this was a great conversation and probably some well overdue uh, research to make sure that the cio is indeed uh, part of the growth agenda so for all of our listeners out there all those cios and ctos uh, where where do they start yeah you gotta you gotta start so uh so that that is the like leave the call and and do something. Um, I mean, there are a couple of things that are uh, very simple. One is that you're already doing some of these things, maybe even a lot of them. What you may not be doing is communicating the value of what you're doing and how how you are helping. So by taking a look around and essentially assessing your current ability to enable growth, create those flawless, seamless, scaled customer solutions to create growth collaboratively by bringing your capabilities and merging them with other capabilities in the firm and amplifying growth, whether it's ERPA you're currently doing to improve customer journeys or empowering employees with better insights. You're doing these things, inventory them to some degree and describe them in a way that makes it very, very clear where you're at and where you're not at, to be honest. (laughs) Where are there gaps? and bridges you can build with people and opportunities to um, improve or, or amp up the work you are doing. And I would say start with with that sort of hard look at yourselves and your organization to see where you're at. One of the things that we also, um, you know, helping our, our CIO technology executive clients with is ensuring that they using a language that is understood by by the business, right? And tools like value stream planning, value stream pl- mapping, 
um, business capability views, business capability mapping uh, are you know really interesting and really important tools to create that Rosetta Stone, basically, which basically would you know translate the business language into, into technology language uh, as well. So I think this is this is a, a you know very important step that CIOs need to uh, develop or language need, they need to build in order to move from the enable to create and, and amplify. Yeah, I think that communicating the value is, it's, we can't emphasize it enough. We, we know that the, the CIOs who are most successful driving growth are also the best communicators. And so if you're a CIO or a CTO that is great at what you do, but you're not necessarily uh, comfortable communicating what you do with everybody, I think you need to think about changing your staffing model to uh, augment your core team to have a communication specialist, somebody who can help you shape the messages, shape the story, uh, bring the narrative forward in a way that your business colleagues and stakeholders will understand and care about. Don't feel stuck just because you're not the person that can do it all. Build a team that can do it all. And uh, that's available to every every executive as well. So communicating the value then is a way to engage. And engagement turns out to be the most important ongoing responsibility you need to have. You need to have these relationships, either personally or through your team, so that you know and participate in the conversations where growth where growth happens. And so that engagement strategy could be quite simple. You could, for example, take members of your team, maybe they're younger members of the team and put them in matrix roles where they play a dual role, participating as a business thinker and a technology thinker embedded uh, in marketing or embedded in products or embedded in customer engagement or care. And then their dual responsibilities to form that bridge. So don't, don't, don't again think of it as just your responsibility. Think of how you can empower your technology organization to build those relationships and those bridges through so you are there at the table when the conversation's happening, bringing your ideas into it. Those steps are available to everybody today. It's a matter of prioritizing and choosing and deciding that it's worth it. And I guarantee you it's worth it because high tech alignment, both in B2B and B2C, uh, is going to drive multiples of growth over your competition. So I know that we just scratched the surface, really, this body of research and this thinking. So where can folks go deeper to find out more about this? Well, we've been working on this research for a long time, me and Fred. We've been at it for about a year, year and a half now. And we're pretty happy with the simplicity of the story around enable and create and uh, amplify. And the evidence is so profoundly there that we know this is a framework for action. So you can learn a lot about it immediately by reading the report, uh, by engaging with us directly. But importantly, we're going to be talking about this at our at our events. Guys, thanks so much for sharing this research. We look forward to seeing this on stage and all of the tech and innovation events. Thanks again. Thank you for having us. It's my pleasure. You can tell I love talking about this. If you like what you heard today, subscribe to Forrester's What It Means podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or your favorite podcast player. To continue the conversation, follow Forrester on Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn, 
or drop us a note at podcast at Thanks for listening.